Come on, let's pray right now, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to just continue moving, and He just touch our hearts. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here this evening. We just ask that you continue to touch our hearts, that God, we wouldn't just have the warm fuzzies, we wouldn't just sense your presence, but Lord, we'd hear your voice speaking to us, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. So Holy Spirit, have your way in us, and have your way through us, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So one of the reasons why we've started this four o'clock service is because the Holy Spirit, God, has been speaking to us, especially during uh, this lockdown period. And during this time, I've been challenging our staff with three main questions. Uh, We've been looking at what is God saying? What can we learn? And how can we come out of lockdown stronger and more effective than when we went into it. That third question was one that Tark put to us right at the very, very beginning of uh, lockdown. Uh, He said, as Church Unlimited, we want everyone to come out stronger out of this lockdown period than what we went into. So how are we going to do that? And so for me, recognizing that I am responsible for my own personal work, walk with God. Same as each and every one of you. We're all responsible for our own personal walk with God. So taking responsibility for that, I reestablished some great disciplines in my life. I spent more time reading the Word. I spent more time in prayer. And because I was working from home, I had less interruptions. And by making more time just to be quiet and pressing into God more often, I was able to more clearly hear what the Spirit was saying to me personally and what the Spirit's saying to the church. And one of the things that God was absolutely shouting out to us repeatedly was that we need to get to know the Holy Spirit better and we need to learn to rely on Him more than ever before. I think the the verse which should have been plastered on the back of our church for this period, was Zechariah 4 verse 6. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Because we've entered into a new season. We're in a new era. Things have changed. The world will never, ever be the same as what it was before lockdown, physically. But also, something has shifted in the spirit. And in this season, God is wanting us to grow closer to him. He's wanting us to grow up in a sense, mature in him, be more effective in partnering with him to see his kingdom plans and kingdom purposes come to pass. In this season, it's not or no longer acceptable to just do good stuff. And we all do a lot of good stuff, but... Often the good stuff is done and it covers up the God stuff. We need to be hearing what God is saying and we need to be doing that. We need to stop wasting time, stop being distracted, stop working in our own strength and start working in the Holy Spirit. And it's not by our own strength, it's not by our own wisdom that the kingdom of God is going to grow. It's by the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, a couple of thousand years ago, and yet his words to us could have been written to us at Church Unlimited Whangarei yesterday. And Ephesians 5 verse 15, he says then, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Isn't that true? Man, we are living at an exceptional time in history. And he goes on, he says, Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, in other words, what he's implying is that if you don't know what the Lord's will is, then you're bordering on being foolish. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love our musicians who have got an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. And knowing what I'll be speaking of tonight, the the songs that we were singing just absolutely dovetailed in. And I want to tell you, it's easy in an atmosphere like this to plug into God, to hear what he's saying, and uh, it just draws it out of you. And so, uh, very good, Isaac, very good. D.L. Moody, one time when he was preaching, held up a glass And he said to the people, he said, how can I get the air out of this glass? And one guy said, "Uh, get a pump and um, pump it out. And Moody said, well, actually, that would create a vacuum in the glass and probably the glass would shatter. And there was a couple of other suggestions as to how that uh, we might get the air out of this glass. And then Moody took a pitcher of water and he poured it into the glass and he said there you go all the air is out of the glass and that's a bit like us in our Christian walk you know sometimes we can spend time trying to suck out a sin here or suck out a sin there when what really is needed is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then those other things take care of themselves. You see, you might as well try and see without eyes or hear without ears or breathe without lungs as to try and live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you look through the Word of God, you'll find in general that the Old Testament focus on on God Almighty, God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. When you move into the Gospels, the Gospels tend to focus on Jesus Christ, our Savior. But in the Acts and the Epistles, it mainly focuses on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what we are focusing on in terms of the era. He ran the church, and he needs to run the church today. It's interesting. People get a little bit afraid when they don't know the Holy Spirit of what might go on, what's happening. Uh, But the reality is the Holy Spirit always, always produces the fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus. And so we're always safe uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, It's been said that in the early church, 95% of their activities would have stopped if the Holy Spirit 
had been removed from their midst. Now people say 95% of activities in today's church would continue without the power of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, many people don't even notice whether the Spirit's moving or not. Uh, Some 40 years ago, and many of you here would have been part of that, um, there was a fantastic outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We called it the charismatic uh, renewal. And churches all across New Zealand were absolutely transformed. The Holy Spirit took centre stage. Churches entered a time of greater impact. There was miraculous salvations. Um, There was miraculous healings. There were Jesus marches with thousands of people in Auckland and Wellington. And Christianity had some voice. And to a measure, there was a decline in the nation's... There was a decline an arrest of the decline in the the nation's morality. God was just moving. He was touching people on the streets. People were coming out of dead churches and becoming alive as they met the Holy Spirit. I remember specifically one time. I can picture it right now. I'm in my office in Victoria Street, Hamilton, AOG. And this lady who I'd never, ever seen before came in and she said, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I thought, oh, good. So I reached up my hand uh, to pray for her. Immediately, the Holy Spirit struck her. She fell to the ground. She started speaking in tongues. She stayed like that for a couple of minutes. She got up, shook herself off, and walked out. That was the last I ever saw of her. Talk about the supermarket religion. That was it. Come in, ask for what you want, and the Holy Spirit just gives it. And that happened time and time again. There were... um, Fantastic salvations in the gangs. I remember one time when a gang member who had just got saved came in and saw the um, came in and spoke to the senior pastor. He brought with him a guitar play, a guitar case, and we thought, "Oh, he's he's going to show how he can play the guitar." No, he opens up the guitar play, uh, guitar case, and there's an automatic rifle in it, and he wanted to hand that over because <laughs> he was living a new life. And there was times, I must admit, when newly Saved gang members tried to beat the love of the Lord into their compatriots, uh, and it kind of didn't work like that. But uh, we were all we were all work, we were all learning in those days. But gosh, God was moving and moving absolutely fantastically. My observation of the church over the last thirty years, though, is probably summarised by Galatians three verse three, and it says, "There are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh?" Because as the years went on, uh, slowly but surely, many churches and leaders moved more and more away from the power of the Holy Spirit to human effort. In fact, as the influence of the Holy Spirit was diminishing in our churches, we had to find ways of um, keeping things going. And the church growth movement, very much so, while it had some great principles, originally it was the Holy Spirit who produced the growth in the church not doing A, B, C, D, E. Uh, a friend of mine, Jerry Cook, who wrote a book called Love, Acceptance and Forgiveness, uh, pastored a church in, um, in Oregon, and his church grew from about 50 to 2,000 in six months. All of the hippies... The Jesus people started coming into church and getting saved, and it was just one hectic time. But that was just supernatural growth initiated by the Holy Spirit. 
we need to know the Holy Spirit. Uh, Right here, right now, God the Father is in heaven. Isn't that right? Yeah. So where's Jesus right now? He's sitting at the right hand of God. He's not here. Jesus is not here in our midst, in a sense. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing there, by the way? Interceding. He's praying for us. But the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is here right now with us. And yet he's the, he's the least known, he's the least identifiable member of the Godhead. There was three revelations that absolutely changed my life. The first revelation was that God is real. When I realized that God was real, it just blew me away. To know that I know that I know that God is real just changed everything. The next thing that um, God revealed to me was that he had a plan and a purpose for my life because he loved me. Oh, that just made it so, so much easier to live life. For a, for a guy who struggled, who struggled with people, who was on antidepressants, uh, the only way I could get to sleep when I was swatting for exams when I was at school, uh, I just struggled in so many areas. But when I realized that God was real, that he loved me, and he had a plan for my life, it just changed everything. But the third revelation that flipped everything around was the revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person. When Pastor Tark talked about having weeks of visitation in India, his visitations were visitations of the Holy Spirit. He met the person of the Holy Spirit. From the moment I asked Jesus to come into my heart, the Holy Spirit was with me. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he imparted his presence and his gifts. But what happened at Pentecost was just one of his gifts. Beyond salvation, beyond baptism in water, beyond the infilling of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to meet him personally. We relate to God being our Father. We can, we can picture that. We can picture Jesus because he came to earth and was like us. But often we struggle with the Holy Spirit. You know, what is he? Is, is, he, is he a mist? Is he a vapor? What's the Holy Spirit like? But when you recognize that he is a spirit person, And you can get to know him, and you can talk to him, and you can recognize that he has feelings, that he can be hurt. It'll change everything. When you realize that sin causes him to pull back, and repentance causes him to draw near, what do you choose? We need to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't, 
we get things back to front. If you don't recognize that the Holy Spirit is a person, things get twisted around. It's like Penny and I have two persimmon trees. How many people like persimmons? Yeah, I love persimmons. Halfway through the season, Penny said to me, she said, Don, we, we need... Well, she didn't say Don. She said, hubby, <laughs> uh, we need to put some netting over the persimmon trees. And I thought, yeah, great idea, but easily said, not easily done. So I compromised. And I said, okay, we'll put the netting over one tree. And so we did. Guess what happened? One tree... We got no persimmons because the birds ate them all. The other tree with the netting, we got buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of persimmons. We had the biggest yield of persimmons we have ever had, ever had. And I say that to say this. Anyone who has fruit trees knows this, that you don't fertilize fruit. You don't actually very often prune Fruit. No. If you want to grow good fruit, you fertilize the tree. If you want to grow good fruit, you prune the tree. You look after the tree, and that produces the fruit. Isn't that right? Okay. The same way. We all want more love. We all want to have more joy in our lives. We all want to have more peace in our lives. We all want to... Uh, be more patient. We all want to have more gentleness, goodness, faith, maintenance, temperance, all those things we want more of in our life. And I guarantee everybody here at some stage or other has prayed, God, give me more patience. Give it to me right now. God, I need more peace. Lord, give me more peace. Or Lord, give me more joy. And while those are good prayers, the reality is if we had more of the Holy Spirit, the fruit comes with it. If we ask for more of his Holy, Holy Spirit, if we said, Holy Spirit, just come into my life. When the Holy Spirit comes, he brings the fruit with him. You want more peace? Get more of the Holy Spirit. You want more joy? Get more of the Holy Spirit. You get, want more patience? Get more of the Holy Spirit. Look after the tree. Look after the Holy Spirit. And the fruit comes as a result. All those things, all those character qualities are all going to grow as a result of a growing relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, if you want to read a great book, great testimony of uh, the person of the Holy Spirit, get hold of um, Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning Holy Spirit. Many of you have read that. Just Google Good Morning Holy Spirit free download. And uh, you, can, you can get a copy of that and you can read it. I read it over the last couple of days. Absolutely, incredibly uh, upbuilding if you haven't ever read that. Came out oh, 40 years ago, 30, 40 years ago that book came out. Um, very, very encouraging for those of you. The story of how Benny Hinn met the Holy Spirit as a person. The great thing with the Holy Spirit is that he wants us to get to know him and he wants to get he wants us to be uh, part of what he's doing. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14, uh, Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, says this. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the 
fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What is it of the Holy Spirit? The fellowship. The fellowship. That's what He wants to do with each and every one of us. He wants to fellowship with us. And my prayer for us this weekend is that we get a hunger and a thirst for more of a relationship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus said to His disciples, It's best for you that I go away and the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because Jesus could only be in one place at one time, but the Holy Spirit could be everywhere. When you're down, the Holy Spirit can be with you. He's our helper, our teacher, our guide. He's the spirit of truth, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the parakletos, the one who draws alongside us, the one who walks with us through whatever life may bring. He's the one who assures us that we will never be alone, the one who points us to Jesus. We all want to know the power of God in our lives, but actually it's his person, the person of the Holy Spirit that we need to get to know. And then his power flows automatically. You know, Jesus said, there will be rivers of living water flowing out from us. And it says, as a commentary in the King James, thus spake he of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> in other words, the Holy Spirit in our lives is supposed to be so powerful that it's not just a dribble here and a dribble there, but it's like a river of living water flowing out from us. And if you haven't experienced that, if people around about you haven't experienced a river of God flowing out from you, then I want to suggest that there's more of the Holy Spirit that you need in your life. I want to suggest that you can grow into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to come not only to us, but He wants to move through us. But it takes us to come to Him and say, Holy Spirit, I, I need more of you. I need to get to know you better. The Holy Spirit was so important that Jesus commanded His disciples not to depart from Jerusalem when he, when he left them, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. He said, disciples, don't go anywhere. Don't try to do anything, but wait until I send you the Holy Spirit. They waited. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. 3,000, was it, were saved. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. They transformed the known world. question that I was contemplating in the other services was, how many disciples were there at the day of Pentecost? You could try and add them up. There was um, uh, 11 disciples because Judas was already dead. Uh, then there was the 70. You can add them up. But I had the thought, you know, on the day of Pentecost, there was less disciples than there are people in Church Unlimited Whangarei. And yet, when God poured His Holy Spirit out upon them, they were so impacted by the Spirit that they changed the world. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just waiting for a people who say, Holy Spirit, I, I, I want more of you. 
I want to get to know you. Because I guarantee that if we as a church had that attitude, we could change Whangarei. We could change Northland. We could change this nation. He is just waiting, waiting for that. Waiting on the Holy Spirit is actually a real key. If you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life, you've got to learn to wait on Him. And that's something that we, we find hard to do. If, if you're a t- typical guy, which half of you here are, when you get a set of furniture that you have to make up, uh, a flat pack of some sort, generally... The first thing I do is I rip into the thing and I see the picture on the front and I start trying to put this thing together and about 10 minutes later, I think, mm, maybe I should read the instructions instead of just barreling into it. Well, the instructions from Jesus for this life were wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. See what he will do. Uh, when When we wait, the Holy Spirit comes. It's an invitation for him to come. When we work without waiting, we work in our own power. Isaiah 64 verse 4 says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God beside you who acts for the one who waits for him. Isn't that amazing? God acts for the ones that wait for him. Key verse going forward is Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What Isaiah is talking about there is a supernatural way of living. He's talking about a supernatural way of walking, a supernatural way of running. He's talking about people who wait on God, being empowered by the Holy Spirit, being directed by the Holy Spirit, not wasting their energy, not going and doing this thing or that thing but being empowered totally by the Spirit of God and therefore being able to run and not be weary because the power source is not their human strength. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I I love the analogy that uh, Tark gave us last week when he talked about our cell phones, how we always make sure that these are charged up and yet we often neglect to be charged up in the spirit. And so I want to just encourage you, every time you charge your cell phone, think, am I charged up in the spirit? Every time you hear that beep, beep, or that vibration in your pocket, and you bring it out because you know you got a message there, think about it. Are you plugged in enough to the Holy Spirit so that when he vibrates, you can hear and sense his presence and know that he's wanting to speak to us? that he's got a message from us. Every time you relate to this, think about relating to this and see what God will do. Because uh, the Bible encourages us to 
pray without ceasing. How can you do that? You can only do that if you realize that the Spirit of the Holy, Holy Spirit is within us. So every moment of the day, you can say, Holy Spirit, what's happening here? I'm not seeing things straight. Or Holy Spirit, I've got this issue. Um, I need a breakthrough in this situation. Or Holy Spirit, I just need to sense your presence. Every moment of the day, we can just stop, wait, listen. It's a bit like kids when you're teaching them to uh, cross the road. What do you say? You go up to the curb and then you stop. And then you turn right, look right, look left, look right again, and then proceed. Every moment of the day, we can stop. We can listen. We can hear what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say. And I guarantee that if you take the time to stop and listen, he will take the time to speak. Let's have the musicians. One of the ways that you can take the time to really plug into the Holy Spirit is through prayer and fasting. And that's what we're going to start on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And there's a whole pile of needs. But as well as praying for all those needs that will be on our Facebook page, and as well as praying for all those needs um, that you saw up on the screen, could I encourage you to pray for yourself and to say, Holy Spirit, I just want to get to know you more. In the time that you would have been eating a meal, go away by yourself. Just be still. And just say, Holy Spirit, I, I, I just need to encounter you afresh. I need to be doing more of what you want me to do and less of what I've been doing. It was John the Baptist who said, you know, he must increase and I must decrease. And that's true in each and every one of us, that our flesh, the things that we do, needs to decrease. And the works of the Holy Spirit need to increase in our lives. And as we start to get a focus on building our relationship up, with the Holy Spirit one of the amazing things that's going to happen is that you're going to go closer to Jesus because the Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus always you'll start to hear His voice more clearly you'll start to sense His presence and the fruit of the Holy Spirit will grow in your life but also the gifts of the Holy Spirit will grow as well because gifts are things that are given that we don't earn, they just happen and you'll find that as you plug into the Holy Spirit you'll be with somebody and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you about that person and will give you words of encouragement words that will build them up words that will help them take a step closer to God but it happens because we are drawing closer to God. I am absolutely convinced that 
God is encouraging us as Church Unlimited to lead the way back to allowing the Holy Spirit to retake over His church in New Zealand. I'm convinced that we need to surrender control, not only of our lives, but of our churches. And let's see the Holy Spirit begin to revive this land because we need it. Amen.